When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the We Are Podcast on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. He is Corey Geiger. I am Jared Pruer. And Corey, you went all the way to Auburn, Alabama to see as dominant a performance for Penn State as there's been in quite some time. Man, I can't believe it. Seriously. If there are Penn State fans out there who would say that they they expected what we saw Saturday at Auburn. I'd say you're lying. You're just flat. Like you can always hope that your team beats the hell out of somebody, but I, I would just say that you're flat lying because, yeah, I think most people pick Penn State to win the game in a close game. What we saw, Jared, what happens in sports a lot of times with you know announcers is, oh, that was unbelievable. It was unbelievable, baby. It's not unbelievable. Hit a three pointer. Shut up. Okay. But we throw around these terms like unbelievable and they get, they get, you know, minimized. This is one of those unbelievable things. I I have covered Penn State for 17 years now, Jared. I think this is the most surprising game outcome that I've, I've ever covered. This is not Penn State's best win. Ohio State in 2016 was a, a tremendous win, brought the program back. But in terms of just surprising, th- this is this is just bonkers. This is just out there, you know, bordering on that unbelievable. Well, and that's the thing, and it was great on both sides. You had defensive dominance. You had offensive dominance. And, again, that's the second week in a row that you've really put together almost nearly a perfect game. Yeah, there were some missteps here and there, and I think the penalties were a little too high. Uh, for Penn State's liking, but that's three weeks in a row that you've played your backups um, and you've got an hour time. And that's not something that we had expected in, in quite some time. Now, obviously, at Purdue, it's a little different. And last week, you know, there's a massive blowout um, at Ohio or against Ohio. But this, you know, up front, the offensive line played well. Um, Defensive line play well. And, man, you got to love Manny Diaz's defense right now. They are playing some superb bend-don't-break football at times, but also aggressive and get to the quarterback football, too. Hey, Jared, I, I mean, look, we have to start asking how good this Penn State team can be because 
everybody was going between nine and three or eight and four at the beginning of the season. I picked him to go seven and five. That looks like a stupid prediction now, but we all wondered what the offensive line would be. We all wondered what the running game would be. Uh, this looks like a team that has it all. And you're hesitant to say that after Ohio, because I think Ohio is probably terrible. Is there any hesitancy to say it after this Auburn game? Because Auburn, I think, is in a big mess. Uh, we're recording this around midnight on Saturday after the game. I was talking to people down here. They're wondering if Brian Harson is going to get fired overnight. Hell, by the time people listen to this Sunday morning, maybe Brian Harson will be fired. I kind of doubt it, but there's a mess down at Auburn. But Penn State came down here and just destroyed, absolutely destroyed a national power in front of 87,000 people. And if Auburn is down, fine. This is still Auburn, okay? And Penn State made this team look like, look pathetic. And so we, we can we can criticize Auburn all we want. And maybe we can question that as well. But I think we have to look at this and say Penn State did everything well. I, in no way coming into this game did I think Penn State was going to have a chance to beat Ohio State down the road. So I'm going to say something crazy here that maybe fans, you know, if this comes back to buy me fine, but <laughs> I think Penn State can beat Ohio State now because if you have a running game and you have all the other elements that they have, that game is at Beaver Stadium. And so is, is this just crazy, you know, wishful thinking or what have you? Man, I, I saw enough at Auburn to think that if, if they can keep this up, this this could be a really special season. Yeah. I mean, I think obviously, you know, you, the, the, the premise of, or the possibility of going 3-0 was always there. Um, but to go 3-0 in the way that they've done it, you know, Obviously, Purdue's game one, right? Yeah, Purdue, they should have lost to Purdue. Right. Let, let's be honest. They should have lost to Purdue, but that's how far they've come the last two weeks. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like today, you saw that you saw both sides of the football play complementary football, and in in a big time way. I mean, up front, this is probably the most dominant of a performance on the front, uh, up front on both sides that we've seen in quite some time. And, and, and listen, you, I'm, we're going back to pre-sanctions when we're talking about the offensive line. That's how the offensive line has typically been at Penn state uh, for quite, for a while, but they just came up and they punched them right in the mouth. They had people leaving Jordan Hare stadium in the third quarter. They're the first big team to play big 10 team to play at Jordan Hare stadium. Now you can see why the SEC doesn't like to schedule the Big Ten team early in the Big Ten early in the season, you know. And, and Penn State came out and they executed they executed to almost perfection. And and that's that's the type of Penn State that should be seen year in and year out. And that's the what's been lacking over the course of the last few years with them struggling. This is that's what you get when you have complementary football, when you have a passing game, when you have a running game, and Man, Nick Singleton, again, is the real deal. Um, Katron Allen has the potential to be the real deal. And Kevon Lee, even banged up, still big it, the real deal. You've got good tight ends. And defensively, man, Abdul Carter, he's the next big number to next, – next big guy to wear 
where the sticks and he's playing pretty good football too. So, I mean, you're getting production on both sides of the football in a big way. And man, it is fun to watch Penn state when they're this good. Well, you, you know, you go back to 2019, the cotton bowl year and journey Brown really exploded the second half and they had a balanced attack and you just haven't had it the last two years. And Sean Clifford had to do everything while being critical of Clifford, you always had to say the, but if you give him a running game, okay. For all, for all of the criticism Sean Clifford has taken and anybody listening to this, I'll guarantee you, you have all criticized Sean Clifford uh, big time the past couple of years. But if you give him a running game, now it's just a different situation. And, you know, I I wasn't fully sold on Nicholas Singleton right, as of yet after Ohio because it was Ohio. But to see what he did here, and look, you mentioned Catron Allen. We have to mention these guys in tandem, and, and Kevon Lee will still play some. If you give Sean Clifford a running game, Sean Clifford is a good enough quarterback if he doesn't have to overdo everything. He's good enough to make this Penn State offense really good. Now Mike Yersich can do more of what he wants. It, it just is so unbelievably huge if they have a running game, what they can do. The way I wrote it in my story was, uh-oh, if you're in the Big Ten and you look at Penn State now, you kind of have to say, uh-oh, they got a running game. Yeah, Corey, they they ran for 245 yards as a team today. At they all. threw for 232 yards. Teams don't go in and run for 245 yards at Auburn. Yeah, they don't. So what? So let's talk a little bit more about that here in the second segment. We're going to run right into this break, right around the edge, just like Nicholas Singleton does to the, to the opponents when we come back on the We Are Podcast, the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the We Are Podcast on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. Corey, 245 rushing yards. Nick Singleton, 10 for 124. He's putting up high school numbers. Um, he is a freshman, true freshman at that. Um, Keetron Allen, nine rushes, 52 yards, two TDs. Devin Ford got in the action. Seven for 37. Kevon Lee, the starter, four for 18. Sean Clifford, six of 15. Christian Vigor, one for three. 245, Corey. Like we said, right when, when we took this to the, to the break, nobody, not many, 
if anybody go into Jordan Hare Stadium and put that type of performance on against Auburn, no matter what conference you're in. Yeah, last year Clifford was 28 of 32 for 280 against Auburn. Auburn came into this game with a bad pass defense. It seemed it seemed to be pretty obvious that Penn State could take advantage of this team throwing the ball. Uh, but they, the way they ran the ball, it's just a game changer. And, and look, we could talk about the running backs as well. You did mention in the, in the first segment, we got to give a lot of credit to the offensive line here. Wait a minute. Did I just say that? I, I, I just said, man, it's late here. It's like it's 12, 12 a.m. when I'm recording this. So I, I, I had a long day. May, maybe I'm, I'm delirious or something. Did I just say we got to give a lot of credit to the offensive line? About about Penn State? Did I just say that, Jared? I, because, I mean, but really, honestly, this wasn't just Nicholas Singleton running around the right edge and outrunning a bunch of slow defenders. This was holes. This was running lanes. This was uh, a pancake block that springs a big run. This was, you know, a, a, a consistent performance by the offense. Now, look, I do think some of what happened in the second now, I think Auburn quit a little bit. And that's a problem for that Auburn program. When once they got down, they're not equipped to come back with their offense. I do think the defenders quit a little bit, and that's 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 going to be have to have to be addressed down there. But uh, boy, that was, the, the offensive line for Penn State deserves a hell of a lot of credit here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they they were dominant. They both sides they were dominant in the trenches, and it's just that's what you need to see. That's what you really want to see from Penn State. They came out, punched them in the mouth. Um, defensively, man, they held them to two field goals in the red zone, uh, which I thought was huge. And then they and they kept scoring touchdowns. And, you know, when Penn State was able to do that, good things happen. Um, so it's just one of those things where, guess what, man? Penn State comes out, dominates, dominates, dominates. And, yeah, Auburn just did not want it. This is- when you get beat like that, why would you? This was a good matchup, too. Now, I'm going to pump the brakes here a little bit before we put Penn State in the college football playoff and beating Ohio State. Pumping the brakes. This was a good matchup, okay? You know, like maybe in Penn State basketball. Michigan State's really good. Penn State stinks. And all of a sudden, Penn State beats Michigan State in basketball. There's no rhyme or reason for it. We've, but we've seen it over the years because Penn State might match up well with a particular team. You know, that, that can happen in sports. This was a good matchup for Penn State for this reason. Auburn can't throw the ball. They don't have a they don't have much of a passing game with regards to um, getting guys in space, making key plays, especially in the red zone. Auburn did throw for almost 300 yards, but a lot of it was broken stuff and crazy stuff here and there. TJ Finley throwing the yeah. perfect balls on third and forevers. But but the earlier point in the is, game. When it got in the first half, when it, Auburn got inside the 10-yard line twice, they don't have the kind of passing game that you have to fear down there. They don't – I didn't see – I mean, it was, it was inept, really, uh, for, for a, a red zone passing game. So what does Penn State do well? What does Penn State always do well in the history of forever? They play great defense in the red zone. Okay, so not only does Penn State play great defense in the red zone, Auburn's got a terrible passing game offense. And so, you know, they're going to have to run the ball and Penn State stuffed. it. And so those two possessions in the first half were the game. Those were the game, because once 
once you're Penn State and you know they can't score on you inside the 10-yard line, and once you're Auburn and you know you can't score on Penn State inside the 10, I just think that mentally that changed everything for both teams. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, and listen, I mean, you mentioned Auburn's passing, and I mentioned it in jest, but but TJ Finley, you know, earlier in that early in that game, he hit a lot of perfect passes. Like he, like, there was just a there was a nice little back shoulder throw on third and twenty that he like. I was watching it on TV, and I was just astounded with he just threw it perfectly. It was well defended. There was just one place and one place only where he could throw it. And a receiver could catch it and not the defender, and it was just perfect. But that was, you know, so he goes out and makes those plays. But then, you know, you just have no idea what you're what you're gonna get. Um, and then, you know, in the red zone, it when when you can't punch it in, like we talked about, Tank Bigsby being the big, like being this factor, being this force for the uh, for Auburn. They held him to nine carries on thirty nine yards. Um, or 439 yards with his longest rush of 12 yards. They held the Auburn rushing attack for 119 yards. That's the North. Penn State beat Auburn last year in the whiteout, 28 to 20. Auburn had 182 yards rushing in that game. That was a yeah. better run defense we thought with PJ Musfer at the time. Mm-hmm. This one might be. We the, my I, my biggest concern coming into this game was the defensive front seven. Could they stop? the Auburn rushing attack, and they had 60 fewer yards rushing than last year. Yeah, and they came out and they forced turnovers. You know, Finley put the ball on the ground twice. They lost one uh, one of those. Um, but, you know, they, they lost two fumbles, had some interceptions. Yeah, or not not any. Yeah, they had one interception. Two interceptions, yep. Yeah, two interceptions, that's right. And, um, but, yeah, I mean, from start to finish, Penn State got off to a slow start, I would say, but but again, you know, Ben don't break, but that aggressiveness on Manny Diaz's defense, man, that is fun to watch, and that's not something we've really seen from Brent Pry, um, a Brent Pry defense uh, during his tenure there, but but they dial it up, man, and that secondary is tough. Eleven, um, 11 tackles for loss. Yeah, and the uh, had had three. Eleven tackles for loss. I'm going to write this uh, as part of my follow-up on Sunday. So if you're listening to this on S- Sunday morning, and you check check the story a little bit later on Sunday night. Uh, Manny Diaz is going to be gone soon. It's, it's September 18th. I, I don't think Manny Diaz is going to be at Penn State in three months because if this kind of defense continues, he's going to be a head coach in three months. I I, I – I, I really ne- didn't think Manny Diaz would be at Penn State longer than two years anyway. But what we've seen from this defense with the – as a gr- look, I don't think Manny had this good of players when he was at Miami. We're all talking turnover chain, this, that, and the other. He didn't have these kinds of players, I don't think, on defense at, at, at Miami. And, may, and, the, and a lot of these guys are young too, Jared. So uh, if, if this keeps up, you just can't say enough about Manny Diaz. And he, he is going to get ahead. Now – might he be waiting for the, the a better head coaching opportunity? Uh, yeah, he's going to get the best he can. But the guy was the head coach at Miami for three years. He's going to have opportunities late November, early December. Yeah, I don't think he ever got a fair shot um, to have success at Miami. But, but yeah, I mean, every and that's the thing you mentioned the youth, right? The, the fountain of youth. They have a seventy-five-year-old quarterback in Sean Clifford. 
finally got his first career reception, uh, first in six years. Uh, dialed that up in the first quarter, uh, or the first half, I should say. Um, but but what they're do- doing, and they're doing it with young guys, right? Like they're doing it with a mixture of young guys and, and older guys. Like on offense, you've got Singleton and and Keytron Allen. On defense, man, Abdul Carter, six tackles. Um, like he he is he's seemingly the real deal. A sack, tackle for loss, pass deflection. Um, you know, those are the things that you need to see. You know, the the king, the king guys, and the king twins, I should say. So it, it's just one of those things, man, that they're getting it from their youth. And this is a deep Penn State team. This is a very, very deep Penn State team. And they're getting more experience by the game. They've played a lot of backups and third string quarterback or third string players through three games. And those are games against Purdue, Auburn, and Ohio. And that's a very good problem to have. Yeah, no question. I mean, it's uh there's so much to like here. This is one of those very few games it's hard to really nitpick much of anything. Yeah, the, there were penalties, but, um, boy, you just – I'm sitting here looking at the stats. It's 40 – it says 41 to 12. It's its just hard to believe that it went that way. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I thought Penn State had a very good chance to start the season 3-0. I did not expect them to, to play this well today. I don't know necessarily what I expected, but I thought Auburn would – be a little bit better competition but again that i think that speaks volumes of what penn state's ready to do and 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 listen james franklin i think has, has done a very good job thus far um in game and game day coaching i you know there there's some plays here and there that you kind of question but i think that's every that's every game ever um but i think james franklin through three games this year has done a very very good job they've gotten a lot of guys a lot of playing time and I'll tell you what, man, again, these young kids, they're good. They're real good. A lot of depth. That's where the recruiting comes into play, Jared. And I'm sitting here again. You got, you got Central Michigan coming up next. Then you got Northwestern back to the Big Ten. Then you go to Michigan. And I've always – I've kind of thought all along they could beat Michigan because uh, Michigan I don't think is the kind of team that's just going to throw the ball great. I, I'm not saying they will beat Michigan. Well, and we have we'll, no idea what to expect from Michigan. Yeah, we'll evaluate nobody. Yeah, we'll evaluate that down the road. I'm just saying that if Penn State runs the ball, you you can feel good ab- about everything else, every other aspect of, of the team. And we've seen enough strides so far – to think that maybe this could continue. And if this continues, I dare I say undefeated, because I, I hate to throw that out, because I, I, I would still pick Ohio State to beat them right now. But I do think they could go to Michigan and win, and 11-1 and one is possibly on the table. Yeah, I, I think anything is possible right now. I mean, the way that they're playing, um, I think the biggest thing for Penn State now is coming out and not having a setback game against Central Michigan. Uh, against a directional Michigan. Um, we know how that can ruin seasons. Look at Kenny Pickett's season last year, right? That ultimately, I think, cost him um, the Heisman and it definitely cost Pitt, you know, a chance at the college football playoff last year, losing to Western Michigan. Um, so you got to come out here and you got to continue to play your game. 
if you can continue to play your game and dominate both sides of the football, there'll be no problems. And and I think the other thing too that we have to look at is it's Sean Clifford is being is staying upright and is healthy. And that's a good, good situation. But you know, looking ahead, you know, you you mentioned Michigan. Michigan's played their their three games this year have been against teams in the bottom ten of their country. Um Hawaii, um Hawaii, Yukon, and there is somebody else that I can't uh can't put my put my finger on at the moment. Um but you know when when you put all that together, Penn State has the makings of, of what could be a very, very special um oh they play Colorado State. I'm Colorado sorry. State. Um, Michigan looks like they've outscored their people like hundred and seventy. Yeah, and they gave up seven points to Colorado State. Uh great. Um they just poor Timmy Chang. They say ten points. Uh and then this week another lopsided game against UConn. That it's been a while since UConn has been anything good at football, if ever. Um but but yeah, I mean it's still early. Um, but you have to be feeling really good if you're Penn State, but you can't feel too good, right? Because they started out pretty hot last year. Um, don't think I was ever feeling this good about Penn State football last year. I, I, um, hey, listen, that's a good point. I want to end this segment on that. I never felt this good about Penn State last year, even at number four. I thought that ranking was a total fraud. There was no way Penn State was number four last year. They beat Wisconsin in a terrible game, and Wisconsin should have won that game, but they shot themselves in the foot in the red zone every time. And then they beat a, 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 an Auburn team that finished 6-7. and seven. So, yes, Penn State was number four, and they were up on Iowa big. Iowa was a total fraud. That number four ranking was a total fraud. I feel better about this Penn State team right now today than at any point I've felt about Penn State since 2019. Yeah, no, absolutely. And honestly, I would go back to even before that, where I feel really good about this Penn State team, you know that 2016 that season when they went. They had oh yeah, no, 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 they, they were they were very Brown. good. But that, that team, but even with, good. even in 2016 though, when the, the year that they won the Big Ten championship, they still didn't start out very hot. Um, and you couldn't have had you didn't have this type of warm and fuzzy feeling, um, going into to a lot of those games. But speaking of warm fuzzy feelings, we're going to talk a little bit more about Penn State and what's next, but also what's happening around the country. Even though it was kind of a so-so day around the, not, not nearly as exciting as the first few weeks of the season, but still an exciting week of college football nonetheless. When we come back on the We Are podcast and the Game Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. Welcome back to the third and final segment of the We Are Podcast, the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Corey, college football is a wild time, but this week it was pretty tame. There weren't a lot of big upsets to go around, but man, the Spartans of Michigan got thumped by a former Big Ten quarterback, Michael Penix Jr. Penn State fans very much know who Michael Penix Jr. is, and they know how well he does, you know, against two-point conversions and, and things like that. It still might be a little too soon uh, from from 2020. But that and, you know, Miami losing is whatever. But the Michigan State loss, 
that's a pretty big one early in the season for the Spartans. Michael Penix Jr. threw for 397 yards Whew. on Sparty. Uh, hopefully, Mike Yersich will throw the ball against Sparty this this year. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Corey, so you mean to tell me that if you throw the ball against uh-huh. Michigan State, yeah. think good things happen? They apparently haven't gotten it figured out. So, hey, look uh, – uh, Oregon beat BYU. That was a, that was a nice game. I, I think what's going to happen. I mean, the first couple weeks. Oh, how about that App State finish? App State beats A and M. Then they come back and they're about to lose to Troy. They throw a fifty yard hail mary at the end. You got folks. You got to find the video of the announcers going absolutely berserk on that. It's it, it's amazing. It's great stuff. But I think App what, State what, should be three and zero. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They, they almost had had Carolina in that wacky, crazy fourth quarter finish. So. Well, I think the first couple weeks, you know, everybody's feeling each other out. You're feeling out your own team. You're trying to figure out what what you could do and all that stuff. As we settle into the season, I generally believe college football kind of settles down and the better teams with more talent and more depth win because players start to get hurt. I think we'll start to see that here a little bit. But, uh, uh, yeah, this Saturday, week three Saturday, was, was pretty tame, all things considered. Well, I mean, they're just wearing a lot of good matchups. I mean, obviously still well into non-conference play. Um, so, I mean, you don't really have the, that the big marquee matchup. I mean, Michigan State, Washington was good. Uh, Penn State, I mean, this this Penn State and Auburn should have been a marquee matchup today, and it was, but ultimately on the scoreboard, it, it ended up not close. Hey, Jim, um, let me ask you this. Okay, so I'm down in Alabama. We're watching this unfold. You're You're – Back in PA, watching it unfold on TV, and you you get to you get to listen to the announcers. You get to hear what they're saying. My understanding is they were really praising Penn State a whole lot as the game went on. What's the impact of this for Penn State? Because you know to come down here and look again, maybe Auburn is really down. We'll see. But what do you think the impact of this is for the the way the rest of the country looks at Penn State? Well, I think it's got to put them on notice, right? Penn State has a running game. Um, Penn State has a running game. Sean Clifford is a good quarterback. Um, and the defense, man, you got you to gotta be prepared. And, and at the same time, it's only week three, and Penn State still isn't anywhere close to, you know, having let loose its entire playbook. Um, I think they're still playing a vanilla offensive scheme um, by design. I mean, again, they've played a conference game already, you know, so they're still first in the Big Ten, but they haven't gotten to the bulk of that, and we're, and we're not going to see it. I mean, they can get away with North against Northwestern um, by not opening up the playbook, um, nor should they. And now, of course, that you're looking a little bit further down the road. Um, but, you know, it's got to put people realizing, hey, maybe Penn State football is back. It's week three. Um, and you know, they've won some good games, but at the same time, listen, Penn state football, they got a running game. They're good up front. Um, and, and listen, you can look back and, and look at this Penn state Auburn game and see, Hey, listen, when Penn state played them, they were two and oh, um, now they might not end up, they might not have, you know, more, more than eight wins this year. and, And that remains to be seen. But at the time of the game, this was the situation. Penn State was number 22 or 23 ranked team in the country. And they beat them handedly as 
as a two and O team. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking. I'm, it's gonna be curious to see. By the time people listen to this, you'll a lot of people know the answer already. Polls come out in the middle of the afternoon Sunday. Uh, Penn State's twenty-two, one poll twenty-three, the other. Typically, if you're voting and a team wins, I think voters get lazy. I think voters will basically just keep people in the same spot they had the week before, as long as they win. Okay. However. Uh, if there are voters out there that really watch this game and and and, and you see the score, uh, I I could see Penn State going from twenty two twenty three up to fourteen fifteen if if voters uh, really dissect how badly Penn State beat Auburn if they might jump Penn State over four or five teams that that might have won already to, uh, on Saturday but that but they they were much more impressed by Penn State. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you expect BYU to drop. They were the number 12 team. They lost. Um, Wake Forest struggled with Liberty. Arkansas struggled with the fighting Bobby Petrinos. Uh, with Missouri State, they're an FCS team. Um, Arkansas is the, is the number 10 team in the country. Uh, you know, Michigan State lost by 11 to, to Washington. Florida struggled with South Florida. Um the Pitt Panthers, they beat directional Michigan. They beat uh, Western Michigan today. Um, and, you know, and everything else is kind of here. And just kind of, eh, that's what you expect. But for the level of competition, I would expect them to bust into the top 20. I'm going to um, say 16. And, and even closer. Yeah. And I think they're going to be closer to 15 uh, than they are closer to 20. Yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to say 16. I, I, if they're higher than that, I, then that, they probably should be. Uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna guess they'll probably move up, you know, they're at least six spots to, to in one of the polls to number sixteen. And look, I, I hear this all ratings don't matter, rankings don't matter to me. Play Ohio State, blah, blah. Well, you know what? Fans love it. You can you can say you don't you can say it don't matter all you want. You're lying to yourself because fans enjoy those kinds of those kinds of things, or else we wouldn't have them. Yeah, and that's and that's fair. I mean, <laughs> Northwestern lost to Southern South Southern Illinois today. Um, so there's that. Um, the Syracuse Orange took down Purdue in a crazy finish. Oh my um, god, Aiden O'Connell had maybe one of the worst interceptions you'll ever see. He throws the ball right to a lineman for a pick six. That thing was that thing was, but yeah, I mean, listen, it, it's an it's very unfortunate that Penn State doesn't play on the west side of the division, yeah, um, because that side is awful. Well, as we um, close this down, because we only have a couple minutes left here, I, I would say that, uh, you know, the the, the the divisions are going to go away in the Big Ten in 2024 once USC and UCLA join, but that's 2024. So they're going away in the ACC next year and some other conferences, but the Big Ten is going to keep them for one more year. But, man, oh, man, the, the, the disparity between the Big Ten East and the Big Ten West is as large, large as it's ever been. Yeah, and it's bad. Like, it is really bad this year. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how kind of the rest of the year plays out. But, but again, we're going into week four. And first of all, while speaking of the Big Ten West, um, they're now <laughs> Iowa has now been in more weather delays and they've scored off offensive touchdowns. Um, which is that is Iowa football in a nutshell. Um, but you have to feel really good about Penn State again, you can't feel too good. Because they've been in this position before and seen the wheels fall apart, so I think you got to come out and you got to punch Central Michigan right in the face uh, to start. I think they'll start slow. It'll be a noon game, um, but come out, punch them in the mouth, score, 
get Aller in early, treat it like the Ohio game, keep Sean Clifford healthy, and then get into Big Ten play and and see what you got. And and they start out very nicely in, in Big Ten play. Obviously, they've got Northwestern, which is good for them. Then, you know, then they have the bye week, which is great. Then a big, yeah, they got a bye before the big house. I mean, yeah. And then you go to the big house October 15th. And that's, that's test next. That's the next test. That's the, I think, you know, when you look at it, you look at the schedule, that's the first big test the rest of the year. Um, and then they start their, then they've got Minnesota. Minnesota's an undefeated team in the Big Ten. Let uh, me. Big Ten West. Let me mention this, Jared. Uh, and again, there's a lot to a lot of season to go. Lots of things could happen. I would say at this stage right now, uh, ten and two is is cert- anything less than ten and two right now would probably be disappointing. Okay. Yeah. And you know what? As we said, we've said many times, ten and two would will be good enough to get to a college football playoff once we get to twelve. And that's going to come in a few years. So I'll just mention that Penn State would have made it 16, 17, 18, 19. And if they go 10 and 2 this year, you know, you, you can always say if there were a 12 team playoff, they would. So, I mean, it, this, this is all just boding well for what Penn State football hopes to be over the next few years. And again, once we get to that 12 team playoff, um, then sure, Penn State should be in that, as we've said for a long time, five out of every 10 years. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see how the rest of this plays out. But right now, heading into Central Michigan week, have to be very thrilled uh, with the way the Penn State's played. They're 3-0, and um, and I'd expect a win this week. Um, but at, like, it's college football. Anything can happen. But, yeah. Hey, Penn, real quick, be I very pleased. Say, I've covered college football for 17 years. My favorite road trip ever was this one. I kid you not. Outside of a bowl game, because we've been to the Rose Bowl. Uh, Jared's been there. I, I loved Alabama in 2010. That was probably my favorite trip. This this was my favorite trip ever. I actually drove here with some friends, 13 hours. Uh, and as terrible as that sounds, it actually wasn't. Uh, but everybody at Auburn was great. This was a tremendous place to visit. Parking was awesome. Got in and out. Everyone was kind. I kid you not. In, in in all of my 17 years of doing this, this this is my favorite road trip that I've taken. That's good. Listen, road trips are always the best on the beat, um, no matter what happens. So um, it's always good to be around your colleagues and around new places and, and new people. But again, Penn State is Reno. They take down Auburn in a big dominant way, and now it's time for Central Michigan. We'll have you covered following the Central Michigan game next week, where we'll be able to record a lot sooner than we did tonight and maybe even before midnight. But for Corey Geiger, this has been Jared Prugar. Thank you as always for listening to the We Are Podcast, the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network.